Hey everybody, welcome back to another episode of Happy Hour History. I'm your host, Professor Natalie Harpin. Today I wanted to talk about Henrietta Lacks and the HeLa cells. So some of you may have known about this. There was a 31-year-old African-American woman whose name was Henrietta Lacks, and she was a tobacco farmer. She was poor, and she died of cervical cancer at the age, at the age of 31. She had five children, and um, they weren't able to, you know, help her cancer. But her cells were used by Johns Hopkins, and they kept them because they realized that her cells were replicating and doubling every 24 hours. So they took those cells from um, her samples and were then able to use it and also share those cells with other labs around the world that have gone into countless other medical advancements. So for vaccines, for example, um, to help cure polio, gene mapping, cloning, some of them were used to help develop the COVID vaccine, they helped create um, pathways to IVF. And so these cells were a really big deal. And so in the 1950s, early 1950s, when she was being treated for her cancer and her cell tissue was being taken, it was continued to be used without her consent, right? They didn't ask if they could use her cells. They didn't get permission from her living husband or children to see if they could use her cells for medical advancement. So there was never any type of consent given by the family. And that was back in 1951. So like I said, there are countless ways that these cells over 70 years have been used to help advance humanity and to save lives and to help create life. And they are known as HeLa cells, H-E- well, I guess capital H, lowercase e, capital L, lowercase a, because of the name of the woman whose cells they were, Henrietta Lacks. And this really brings up a long history of not having consent, right? The medical, I mean, now we call it medical apartheid, but, you know, the system of medicine not crediting or asking permission or consent to you from using black people's cells, especially black women's cells. And a lot of that goes to, and it speaks to the history of not considering these people to be worthy of even asking permission. And I know it's easy for sometimes people to think, oh, well, her cells helped advance humanity. So like she should be happy, right? Her family should be proud. But it goes beyond that because even Johns Hopkins said, well, we didn't profit from, like monetarily from using these cells, but other labs were able to patent things in science because of their access to her cells. And so there was profit being made and her family through 70 years never received any type of financial benefit from that. Miss Lax herself was, you know, buried in an unmarked grave in 1951 when she passed on from her cancer. And so, you know, when we think of reparative justice, like this is an actual family that's still around, right? Whose mother's cells were used without her consent or and without their family's knowledge. And there was a chance to make this whole, but there was a concern in 2022 that the judge would throw the case out. So it was being heard in Baltimore and the judge was Deborah L. Boardman, apparently, and there was some confusion as to whether or not it should be continued to con it should be allowed to continue the case because 
The family was suing Thermo Fisher Scientific, and that's a multi-billion dollar tech company. And of course, like I said, given that some of this, like the trail of, well, who, who was compensated and who wasn't and who's named in the lawsuit and who's not, you know, that's very important when we get, when these families and when people in general, when we as a society get into these legal matters of how is something going to be looked at through the eyes of the law and the paper trail and like who's being specifically named. And so a lot more people became aware of the case in well, around 2010, there was a book written called The Immortal Life of Henrietta Lacks that was written by Rebecca Sloot. And even, you know, in that book, um, this was a white woman who wrote the book. And even in the book, she articulates, Rebecca articulates that the family was very leery about sharing more information, right? Because a lot of them had been interviewed, right? It's not as if it was a secret up until 2010, so you had a lot of people who had been interviewed or because of the book and just the media attention around it, they were being interviewed more. And of course, why would they want to keep talking, right? It's like, we know whose cells these are. We know that she has living descendants. We know that her children are still alive. We know that these people were never fairly compensated for it. Why are you demanding more free labor from her family? Why are you demanding more free labor from her cells? And why would they want to continue to be interviewed? And in this case, be interviewed for a book that's going to make Rebecca Sloot money or be interviewed for a newscast that's going to help the networks make money when their family isn't getting any type of compensation at all. So of course, there was rightful skepticism. There was a film that came out in 2017 starring Oprah Winfrey as Henrietta Lacks, which brought even more attention to it. But like I said, even then, there was some gray area, legally speaking, about if the family was going to be able to have their lawsuit continued, where they would be able to um, get a judgment claim, or if it was going to be thrown out. And on this podcast, we've talked about how there's a long history of women of color's cells and, you know, medical procedures, medical procedures done to them, whether they knew it or not, things that they consented for, but there were things that happened that they weren't consenting, but they were not, you know, consciously aware of it. There's a long history of that in this country. And in, you know, Western medicine in general, right, when you look at the field of gynecology and how they used um, enslaved black women to practice on as guinea pigs for, you know, creating the tools that are used for gynecological exams and procedures today. But those, you know, women didn't have any type of anesthesia or compensation for that, right? They were just used by wealthy white men who bought them and who used them to practice medicine. This is another example of that, of a woman who sells, you know, she was trying to get treatment and she unfortunately passed away, but her cells were everlasting. And like I said, they were doubling every 24 hours. So of course, you're going to have labs that are going to be interested in how they can use those cells to their benefit. And so thankfully, the case wasn't thrown out completely. There was a settlement that was reached only this year. So like in August of 2023, the family was able to have a settlement and it was undisclosed, which means it was a lot of money. <laughs> and I'm glad for them because like I said, you know, even the HeLa cells were being used to help develop COVID vaccines. So, you know, this woman's cells are still being used in real time and the family wasn't able to be compensated for anything. And I remember a few years ago, there was talk about, oh, well, maybe we should um, offer her living descendants like free admission to 
I think someone had suggested maybe like Johns Hopkins or maybe some other type of like college paid for. And it's like, you know, like long sigh, right? It's always very interesting to me that whenever there is talk about repairing an injustice to black people, black Americans specifically, that somehow nobody wants to write a check, right? Like, as if we, comma, the black Americans are not worthy of a monetary amount so that we can decide what we want to do with that money. And if you find yourself thinking, oh, well, why would they give them cash? Like you need to unpack that because that's part of anti-black bias to think that you can't trust these people with money. And so I remember that a few years ago, there was talks about how they might compensate the family besides cutting them a check. And it, you know, it, again, it's frustrating because these people are deserved money, like financial amount that they can decide what they want to do with it. Because not everybody is going to want to go to medical school. And that is not a fair compensation. Right. Um, And I think that especially as within the country and within the state, if you're paying attention to some of the um, reparation bills and passages, that that's a big part of it, right? Is of course people deciding, well, what's the package going to look like? Or are there going to be offers, excuse me, not offers, but are there going to be options as far as what a package might be offered? That's going to vary by person, but everybody has the right who's been affected by these things to determine what is best for them and where they are in their life at that time. And so I was surprised to read that there was a, a consideration to not give her family anything again like you made a whole film about this we have a book about it plenty of interviews like it's medical so we know that this is her family we know how much money is being made and how humanity has been saved by these cells and yet there's a chance that they may not be compensated for but it shouldn't surprise me like as a historian it shouldn't surprise me as a black woman it shouldn't surprise me as a black american it shouldn't surprise me as e all of the above it shouldn't surprise me and which was a nice gesture um in august of this year 2023 there were u.s senators from maryland who were trying to introduce a bill to um, posthumously award Miss Lacks the Congressional Gold Medal, which I think is great, but I would not support that if she, well, excuse me, if her family was not given some type of financial um, restitution. So I'm glad it can be both. Um, hopefully the, the proposal goes through. I have not um, looked it up to see if it did, but I wanted to talk about that because when we discuss, you know, medicine, I was just doing a podcast about natural medicine and, you know, natural remedies. But a lot of the Western medicine that we all benefit from today is because of the cells of a poor black woman, right, from Maryland. And I think that in general, right, we don't learn about these things. I don't think many people in America want us to know exactly. I mean, we see what's happening in several states, but they don't want us to know that, you know, in addition to like, free labor in the form of slavery that you know black people and specifically black women have been like a bedrock of this country and of helping progress humanity in general and so I wanted to talk about it in case you hadn't heard it so like I said there is a book that was called The Immortal Life of Henrietta Lacks by Rebecca Skloot that you could read if you're interested 
There was also the documentary that um, Oprah Winfrey was in. So you could just search Henrietta Lacks. The last name is L-A-C-K-S. And another book I'll recommend is Medical Apartheid, The Dark History of Medical Experimentation on Black Americans from Colonial Times to the Present. That book is by Harriet A. Washington, and I believe it was published, it was published in 2006. And so I definitely recommend those. Um, the reason why I was recommending um, Harriet Washington's book is because, like I said, I mean, the Henrietta Lack story is just one case, but there's a very long history of this in the United States, and especially talking about medicine in general and how many people from these communities don't trust medical professionals have long histories of why they don't trust them like I said before you know we know people didn't trust the vaccine don't generally trust the government when it comes to things like that there's a long there's a large reason why many communities across the spectrum of the American experience don't trust um, the medical industrial complex and don't trust you know, these private companies, government agencies, etc. when it comes to their health. And it's not to say that all of it is completely valid, because I understand that there are people who are exploiting, there are other people who exploit those fears to make it seem as if all vaccines are bad and things like that when they're not. But it is important to understand, especially if you are trying to get into the medical community that there are a lot of people who don't trust it and that there's a history for that it's not just because people don't want to go to the doctor or um that people just you know prefer you know eastern medicine or indigenous medicine it's generally because they know somebody or they themselves have been a victim of malpractice in some form so thank you for listening as always and i will see you on the next episode bye